This is Plant-Based Briefing, Six Greenwashing Terms Big Ag is Bringing to COP28, Part 1, by Rachel Sherrington and Hazel Healy at DSmog, published at sentientmedia.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, and this is the Plant-Based Podcast, where I curate, get permission, and narrate a variety of articles on plant-based and vegan living. And I'm thrilled to have permission from Sentient Media to share their amazing content. This article is a bit longer than some, so it's a two-parter. I'm reading part one today, and tune in tomorrow for part two, the second half. Now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Six Greenwashing Terms Big Ag is bringing to COP28, part one, by Rachel Sherrington and Hazel Healy at DSmog, published at sentientmedia.org. Agriculture, which is responsible for over one-third of the world's emissions, will be under the spotlight at the upcoming COP28 Global Climate Summit in Dubai. In the wake of blazing heat, rising food insecurity, and devastating floods, COP28 leaders have released a four-point food and agriculture agenda for the conference, which will call for governments to work with industry to find new solutions. As some of the biggest companies, in particular meat and dairy firms, grow more concerned about their climate villain images, They're turning to greenwashing techniques, well-known tactics deployed by oil and gas industries to shift the debate away from meaningful action. Often valid concepts in and of themselves, the problem lies in how they are touted as enviro-friendly actions while companies fail to cut their contribution to global heating. The agriculture industry has a lot to be worried about. Meat emits around a third of global emissions of methane, and action to cut this greenhouse gas has been identified by the UN and world leaders as the quickest route to slowing global heating. Farming also relies on synthetic fertilizers that are both fossil fuel-based and emit greenhouse gases, and drives deforestation. Major food and farming corporations will be seeking to steer conversations in Dubai via an influential coalition, the AIM for Climate, AIM-4C initiative. Spearheaded by the U.S. and United Arab Emirates, UAE, AIM-4C will be showcasing $13 billion worth of joint projects or innovation sprints, which feature many high-tech climate-smart solutions that are favored by industry and include some dubious technologies unproven at scale. The phrases laid out below will also be in the back pockets of lobbyists who doubled in number year-on-year in 2022 as an analysis by DSmog Revealed linked here, and are expected to show up in force in 2023. As with the last summit, the risk continues to be that greenwashing leaves governments with a vision that tinkers around the edges, rather than a transformative one that creates food systems that are resilient and restore ecosystems. As Shafali Sharma, director of the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy, IATP, warned at COP27. With that in mind, here are some essential greenwashing terms to watch out for ahead of Dubai Summit from November 30th until December 12th, 2023. Regenerative agriculture, often accompanied with carbon storage, no-till, and crop rotation. With host country the UAE spearheading a new regenerative landscapes project in close partnership with the likes of PepsiCo, Nestle, and fertilizer giant Yara, The term regenerative agriculture is likely to be a hot topic at COP28. In recent years, the biggest agricultural polluters and food corporations have embraced this term, which refers to a wide range of farming techniques that improve the environment. No-till and organic farming fall under the banner of regenerative agriculture, as well as the use of cover crops. All these methods can work to improve the soil, reduce air and water pollution, cut emissions, and boost biodiversity. However, a 2020 assessment of regenerative agriculture from the World Resources Institute, WRI, 
found that while good for the environment, it has limited potential to mitigate climate change. The science is also uncertain around soil's ability to store carbon, which can be easily undone through erosion or changes in land use or the weather. But this doesn't stop many companies from citing these approaches in net-zero plans. In recent years, many major agricultural corporations across the farming sector have employed the term, from meat and dairy producers and suppliers including JBS and Danon, to grain companies such as Archer Midland Daniels and agrochemicals producers like Bayer and Syngenta. These big ag entities often link regenerative agriculture to carbon storage in the soil. The agrochemical industry says it's climate-friendly, for example, because pesticides can reduce the need for tilling, which releases carbon when farmers plow the soil to kill weeds, among other things. The meat and dairy industries emphasize how grazing livestock play an important function in regenerating and preserving grasslands, which can act as an important global carbon sink. The term is also trotted out by fast food company McDonald's, which, as one of the world's largest suppliers of beef, emits more greenhouse gases than American airlines. Several AIM-4C innovation sprints are based on regenerative agriculture, including one on sustainable beef. But with emissions from beef production globally roughly equal to those of the entire nation of India, science thus far points to a shift in diets as the one surefire way to cut emissions. Nature-based solutions, often associated with trees, offsets, soil sequestration, conservation, nature positive. At COP28 this year, you'll be sure to hear this term, which big food and farming have recently rallied around. Nature-based solutions refer to anything that involves the use of the natural world to absorb carbon and remove harmful emissions from the atmosphere. This can mean restoring or protecting areas such as croplands, grasslands, wetlands, and forests in the interest of nature and climate protection. Food and farming companies have a particular interest in this. As potential providers and users of carbon credits, they stand to make money from selling products that allow them and other polluting industries to offset emissions elsewhere in their operations. Nature-based solutions is one of the only phrases linked to agriculture to be mentioned in the COP cover text. It was included for the first time in 2022 when food also got its first ever mention. This year, the term will likely be part of discussions related to negotiations around Article 6.4 of the Paris Agreement, which would provide the structure for a global carbon credit market. While the term lacks a widely agreed definition when used to discuss climate change, advocates of nature-based solutions say when managed well, these projects work, absorbing carbon, protecting ecosystems and wildlife, and creating jobs. But campaigners say the vagueness of the term leaves it ripe for corporate greenwashing. Offsetting schemes, for one, have been criticized as mostly junk and as a free pass to pollute for carbon-intensive companies. Oil giant Shell, for example, raised eyebrows by pledging to plant trees over a land area the size of Brazil. Carbon credit projects have been linked to human rights abuses and land grabs, and questions have arisen over their effectiveness and permanence when a wildfire can instantly undo carbon removals from trees or peatlands. The supervisory body of the United Nations Climate Change Board is currently developing specific guidance on what nature-based solutions, such as tree cover, forest management, or soil sequestration, should be counted as carbon credit under Article 6.4. Food and farming companies have a lot to gain from a broad definition in the supervisory body's rules, which will be voted on at COP28 by member countries, and many firms will be hoping to see nature-based solutions widely embraced at this year's summit. Climate Neutrality often shows up with Climate Friendly Beef and GWP Star. Blink and you'd miss it. 
we are so used to carbon neutrality and net zero that this meat and dairy adaptation can slip by unnoticed. With the term climate neutrality comes a contentious new way of calculating the emissions of methane called the Global Warming Potential Star, or GWP star. The metric is a new way to measure the short-lived warming impact of methane, which traps heat about 80 times more effectively than carbon dioxide, but loses potency over time, beginning to break down in the atmosphere after 12 years. While the science is accurate, Bloomberg Green has reported how GWP star, which reflects changes in the amount of methane in the atmosphere, has the effect of penalizing new or growing sources of the gas. Director of Research at the Grantham Institute and IPCC author Yuri Rogel has warned that the metric can be applied in ways that have unethical consequences. He told investigative outlet Unearthed that GWP star could be used to give credit to high, steady emitters for polluting slightly less and put the global south, where emissions are low but increasing, at a disadvantage. Sure enough, big beef and lamb producers in the global north have jumped on this metric to get off the hook for their outsized climate contributions and have lobbied the leading UN climate science body, the IPCC, to adopt it. Much of this work references the science of U.S.-based Professor Frank Mitloner, who has used GWP Star to claim that the U.S. meat and dairy sector can become climate neutral by the late 2040s by reducing emissions only 2% a year. Alongside GWP Star, the meat and dairy industry promotes other technologies as a route to less emissions. These include feed additives to reduce methane and cow burps, and biogas digesters to capture and burn methane from lagoons of liquid manure. Both have drawn criticism for being respectively unproven at scale and polluting. Mitliner, who defends GWP Star to its critics, gave a talk on the benefits of animal agriculture at COP27 last year at the Home of Sustainable Agriculture of the Americas Pavilion, which was sponsored by several major beef industry groups and hosted by the industry-friendly Inter-American Institute for Cooperation on Agriculture. His department at University of California, Davis, is funded and was founded by American Feed Industry Association, which has had delegates on the ground at COPS in recent years and is one of many meat and dairy trade groups partnering with AIM4C. Other powerful advocates of GWP Star include industry groups such as Beef and Lamb New Zealand, which is partnering with AIM4C at this year's COP28 and has had representatives lobbying at past COPS. The beef industry's fuzzy methane math, as Bloomberg Green calls it, coincides with the realization by scientists and world leaders that cutting short-lived methane offers the quickest route to keeping Earth's temperatures below tipping points that might lead to runaway global heating. In 2021, awareness of methane's critical importance prompted the Global Methane Pledge, which committed to reduce methane emissions 30% by 2030, but made no concrete demands on agriculture. At COP28, the pressure is still on for countries to deliver action on reducing methane emissions. A methane pledge summit is expected, but agriculture is still seen as a side issue, with a focus on voluntary action by the industry. You just listened to Six Greenwashing Terms Big Ag is Bringing to COP28, Part 1, by Rachel Sherrington and Hazel Healy at DSmog, posted at sentientmedia.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. And tune in tomorrow for the second half of this article, where you'll hear three more interesting terms that you can listen for at COP28. And please share this episode with anyone else who might benefit, and thanks for listening.